They were high school sweethearts that got married and had a kid. It's the Brunigs. In the swamp of D.C. they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our low-effort, low-quality podcast. I'm Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hi, everyone. And today we have very special call-in guests uh, from the North Pole. Uh, we have... No, they're from, they're from Lapland. Oh, that's close to the North Pole, though. I feel like it's a region. It's like a zone. We have Santa and one of his elves, uh, straight from Lapland, Finland. Welcome. Well, thanks for having us. Um, hello, I'm, I'm Santa. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the small elf <laughs> <laughs> right here. <laughs> well, we really appreciate small you but uh, very, joining very us for our Christmas helper. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you must be busy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a busy time of year, especially for elves, not so much to oh Santa. No. Yeah. Yeah, we are, yeah, we are mostly, I, I mostly own the place. He kind of gets the credit, but. <sighs> yeah, yeah, that's what we talk about in our elf quarters <laughs> <laughs> so are, are you guys uh you you know the elves uh in finland are you you heavily unionized i uh, know the santa doesn't allow it oh no, no. is there is an exclusion so the rest of finland benefits from unionization but uh, the korvatunturi uh which is <laughs> the actual north pole uh <laughs> santa doesn't allow it Basically, our uh, work consists of a couple of weeks of preparing for Christmas and the deliveries, and the rest of the year it's about debating whether they can union us or not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, so you know, delivering presents to children worldwide is that a is that a, a welfare program that you guys set up? Well, it's uh, um, well, it's not true for. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> To start things, um, uh, there is this um, uh, big thing in Finland that the Sansa comes from Finland, uh, from from northern Finland, uh, from Lapland, and it was a story that was told to Finnish kids in 1920s uh, in radio, and uh, basically that's when I Santa Claus became a reality uh, in Finnish kids' minds. Uh, but later. Um, um, it has changed a lot because now it's sort of an export sector for the Finnish economy because we are trying to get many um, tourists from Asia, for example, to visit Finland. So we are trying to push this narrative that I am real and I come from Finland. But um, we are having troubles with this. I think not many people in America believe that Santa comes from Finland. Do you guys get a lot of Chinese tourists that come and go into Lapland and ride the reindeer? And is that does that work at all or or not? Yeah, yeah. at least for ourselves, they keep us busy. Uh, instead of, you know, producing presents, we have to, you know, pamper the tourists. Um, which is unfortunate, but yeah, you were asking about uh, redistributive scheme, um, and yeah, 
the Santa is definitely about that. But I'm not sure if it's the presence or our workload here at <laughs> factories. <laughs> so we should. I should have picked another elf to represent my workforce. <laughs> we should probably introduce our uh, our friends from Finland here. Yes. Uh, Matt, why don't you? Uh, these are your comrades from. You guys go way back. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I suppose many years from from Twitter and uh, and uh, well, I guess mostly Twitter, um, but also in real life uh, on, on a couple of a, one occasion. Um, it's uh, Auntie and Juna from uh, Paracon, Finland. Um, they're not Paracon is uh, was was the is the name of the the organization, but is is not necessarily the thing that that you guys push anymore. Uh, is that is that right? Yes, well, that's part of it. I mean, participatory economics is one part of our organization's work. We are um, thinking of ways to um, figure out the next step for for the Finnish social democracy and welfare state, and uh, we research a lot of these democratic planning procedures, how to do that, and uh, the participatory economics model is one very worthy alternative in that. Yeah, where to look for when when going forward? That's been our main focus for like eight years. Uh, to think about actually, uh, I talked about this with Matt at some point. How you Matt uh, got interested in egalitarian philosophy uh, when you were a teenager or so, um, and in Finland the same situation. Like in United States, you think about egalitarian philosophy and how to organize the society in a more egalitarian way, uh, and your focus drifts off quite naturally to Nordic countries where things are pretty egalitarian uh, but when you live um, in a Nordic country and like myself I've been in orphanages when I was a kid and, and uh, have had to experience a lot of pop- uh, poverty in my life um, then you start to think like if this is the sort of pinnacle of what humanity can muster when it comes to egalitarian procedures uh, what's next? And this line of thinking has gotten our, our work started in in uh, talking about democratic planning of the economy, solving climate change in democratic ways, and, and also about finding new particip- uh, ways of doing politics in a participatory manner. So, so what is next? I mean, what what is the main what is the main thing that you guys have been pushing? I know you wrote a book recently. Where do you guys see? the Nordic model evolving into even more egalitarian, even more democratic, even more worker participation sort of way? Um, Well, we research uh, a lot of quite old stuff for our book. I mean, old uh, libertarian socialist texts from Finland, and they had their roots in basically in in the Enlightenment era and uh, different sort of liberal uh, philosophers and and many, many other influential thinkers. And uh, well, the main thing is like worker ownership in in, in firms and corporations, and how to uh, go about that. Uh, we researched Swedish ideas from the 70s, for example, Meidner plan, where basically you pull up money from profits uh, to to workers, and uh, you um, uh, administer this fund where workers can get uh, more decision-making power through ownership of corporations. And uh, also how to do these nitty-gritty things in firms and corporations and public sector workplaces where workers can uh, get more decision-making power and um, make decisions democratically. So basically we have been doing all sorts of micro stuff and macro stuff. 
and uh, many many interesting uh, things we have been finding out recently. How ha- how has that been received? I, I saw that you, you uh, I've seen some pictures from events you you guys did. Uh, I mean, has there been what what sort of attention have you guys managed to stir up from your from your work? Um. Well, we've been pleased with what we've been doing so far. We hope to do more in the future. Uh, the thing in Finland is that um, the politics have been sort of drifting towards the right for a couple of decades, actually. Um, but the other thing is that the kind of welfare system set up in Finland, the kind of egalitarian basis for society that exists in Finland, the welfare state, is just, it simply is so brilliant. It, it simply is so efficient and so good that huge you know, uh, parts of the population support it very strongly. Uh, Jona has the numbers, you can run some numbers, but it's actually quite quite amazing how many people in Finland, even despite uh, the sort of developments in recent decades uh, towards more uh, right-wing political um, ideas, uh, it still is very strongly supported, mainly because it works. Yeah, we have gotten lots of uh, very positive feedback f- from f- from our book, uh, especially when we have g- been mm-hmm. given presentations. Um, for example, the uh, big association in Finland, which um, researches well-being uh, in Finland, which is very int- has inter- integral part in building up welfare state structures in Finland, and uh, they have their own journal here in Finland. And they had this quote where they said <laughs> that all the things that uh, us uh, present in the book are very uh, laudable and should be implemented in Finland. The exact wording was like, they are all correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Which wow. is nice things to throw around in, in family dinners. Yeah. <laughs> so I was... Um, so lots of good feedback, but we didn't have um, like the biggest mainstream publisher. It was like the mid, mid-level publisher. So we didn't get like huge uh, print or anything, but we have been uh, going on a book tour and the reception has been, I, I would say, surprisingly good. Yeah, it's been very positive. Have you made any uh, inroads in, in any uh, political parties? Uh, SDP, Left Alliance, uh, I mean, uh, you know, outside of the discourse, I guess, has, has have you had any <laughs> yeah. interest? We, yeah. We try to be in touch with basically uh, anyone, uh, and we are in touch. Uh, not to go into details, but we are in touch with anyone interested in Finland. Shout out to our Finnish listeners um, who are interested in the kind of ideas we present in our book, The Welfare State Strikes Back. Um, and what we've learned is that, unfortunately, um, the left in Finland doesn't have the kind of resources I think would be needed to really, you know, launch the kind of kind of full-scale um, defense of these ideas, uh, even though a lot of the population support it. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done here. And I think it's actually internationally especially important for Finland and other Nordic countries to really push the welfare state model much further because um, if and when other countries in the world uh, adopt the kind of stronger welfare networks and uh, stronger unionization and, and stronger protection that the welfare states provide, um, 
it would be important to have in Finland and in Sweden and in Norway uh, models and ideas and tests um, uh, and experiments how to go even further because uh, it isn't the end of the story what we're currently doing here I think it's just sort of the start of where to go when building an egalitarian society yeah and one thing that we wrote in our book is that these sort of large structural um, changes uh, they would require a large social movement uh, so that we could um, change many things that need to be changing and uh, unfortunately uh, now even though Finnish population has mm -hmm. quite That's progressive yeah. views they are not mobilizing anytime soon for these uh, reforms or more radical changes. So that's something that uh, should have to be done first to uh, build up these movements. And then we can start uh, to do real change uh, through political parties as well. So one thing I wanted to do, um, <coughs> I know you guys are trying to push the frontiers of the Finnish welfare state, but I want to give people uh, a somewhat personalized uh, sense of what the current welfare state looks like and especially it's not bad what's that it's not it's bad <laughs> yeah. Even it's much better yeah. than than yeah. than ours <laughs> and so i wanted yeah. to go through in particular family benefits because we um we we have a two-year-old daughter and we're, we have another one on the way and uh we've sort of experienced what what yeah. u.s society has to offer on that front and uh I'd like to get a sense of what, what happens in Finland. But first, let me sort of run down what we've had to deal with um, and trying to make this work here. So right before we had our first daughter, I was, I was fired uh, from my job. That did happen. And uh, that meant that I had no leave ability. Um, I wouldn't have had, I would have had maybe some, I would have had the ability to take job protected leave, but would not have pr gotten any payment for my leave. Liz's job was about to be liquidated in some kind of transition uh, at the, the New Republic, so she had to go off to the Washington Post, and they did, thankfully, offer her um, a couple of months of paid leave, even though she was you know, pregnant when she joined them, which was quite generous of them because there's no legal requirement to do that. <laughs> yeah, they did it basically out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs> And I was visibly pregnant, so. <laughs> and then after the kid was born, so we get no paid leave. We take unpaid periods off. I was unemployed, so, you know, I guess that was, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, almost indistinguishable from unpaid leave. Um, and then uh, after, I don't know, what, maybe 10 weeks or something like that, less than that, actually. I think it was like eight weeks. Um, we put the kid in child care the child care costs over twenty thousand dollars a year oh in bc that's the that's how the many average weeks cost. i have to i have to check that how many weeks what eight, eight, weeks. eight weeks we had to yeah. yeah yeah she was eight weeks when she went into child care and we start paying 20 over twenty thousand dollars a year for that so i only had two months of paid leave and matt had gotten fired so i had to go back to work i couldn't take off unpaid leave there's no child allowance. Our health insurance costs went up because we had to put the kid on the health insurance, um, which we pay privately. I had um, to quit breastfeeding because it was uh, it was right up around what the presidential election, and uh, I just didn't have time to pump breast milk at work. 
Yes, and the also the yeah the the breastfeeding apparatus comes on rental from the health insurer. Yeah, <laughs> the breast pump you get as a rental. They want it back at some point. Um, yeah, and and yeah, and now in fact the reason we um, uh, monetize the podcast is because we have a second child on the way, and we're trying to somehow uh, make that work. So yeah. I'd like to get wh- what happened part with of you the guys. Because you guys both have kids, <laughs> and you and and, uh, and you know you you've had to experience this. So, what's your sort of parallel story? Um, congratulations uh, for start. Thank you. Yeah, you. we're really excited. We're th- we're thinking about the name Auntie. <laughs> that <would be> so <laughs> confusing. Yeah. It rolls off in English beautifully. My feelings are a bit hurt because Yona is a much more beautiful name. It is it's a very musical name. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um I have a 5-year-old daughter and uh uh 1-year-old uh Can boy. I ask how old you are? I'm 33. God, that's amazing. And uh before our baby was born, uh, we got to go to the Finnish nursery system for teaching sessions, and we got some personal support uh, for our first daughter, especially because it was our first one. And uh, before th- uh, our daughter Helia was born, we got the famous baby box, uh, where we can get all sorts of baby stuff and for toddlers and everything. You get all the necessities. Uh, you need for taking care of Matt baby. lusts for a baby box. I, I tried to get a baby box, not to interrupt, and I contacted Kella on Twitter, and I said, that's the, the social insurance institution there, and um, they said they only give it to Finnish people, and then I, sh- I pointed out that's not true because they gave it to the royal family in, in the UK <laughs> when they had a kid. <laughs> and they had no response to that. And you I felt like it was very deserving. inegalitarian to give it to, you know, an inherited monarch when one, Finland's <laughs> a republic and is supposed to be a social democracy and nothing for me, even though I'm like the best <coughs> booster of it in the West, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the social media person at Kela <laughs> respond to your <laughs> request? They, they didn't give me anything after the first claim that they never send it to anyone outside of Finland. And once that was disproved, they just they just they went silent on me. Oh, they have really good PR strategies. It's best to not say anything after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we got the books. Uh, of course, you can o- also get 140 euros uh, if you want to choose that. For example, if you already have the box with your fir- chi- first child. How did you do with the second child? Did you take the box? We took the money the yeah, second time. Yeah, we took the money as well. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so the first time we took the box and the second time we took the money and ran. Um, and when when Helia was born, um, uh, my wife Annie got two months of uh, paid leave, which was full pay uh, from her uh, teaching job. And after that, um, she got nine months of earnings related, which is still like 70% of her full pay. Yeah, at first it's almost full pay. Yeah, it's basically full pay and then it's uh, 70%. So basically for a year you get close to close to full pay. Or for a year, so that's 12 months or, or 52 weeks. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and after that, until um, Helia was three, we got around five hundred euros per month uh, to take care of her. And uh, on top of this, 
you also get nine weeks where we could be, me and Anni, could both be at home taking care of Hilia. And all of this, you get a, another round of all of these benefits when you get the second child or mm. third child and, and so on. And uh, this is not the whole story <laughs> yet. Uh, you also get child allowance, which is around 150 euros per child. Per and month. Per, per month. month. And it goes up when you get a second child or a third child. And uh, on top of this, if you have trouble paying rent, you get housing subsidy, which is like really important part of our welfare state. Um, you get like many hundreds of euros for housing if you have trouble paying rent. And uh, um, well, the childcare is, is mostly public, so it's I I inexpensive. It's like 200 euros per month or something for full time, but you get steep discounts if you are uh, poor or you have yeah. like some other problems in your life. And you're not starting to sound like a car salesman <laughs> here. Like yeah. That's not Matt's all. already like applied for political <laughs> yeah. asylum 50 times. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my plan. I'm trying to yeah. get yeah, I'm trying yeah, to, my, to piss yeah. off enough powerful people here that I can credibly claim asylum. But so far, I've only done enough pissing off to lose all my jobs, but not enough to claim that I'm a I'm a political uh, refugee. Yeah, I th yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it it's um, if you'd managed to do that, it would be worth it. <laughs> if you can escape United States before you know, before the powers that be uh, get you. Um, my story is basically the same. Uh, uh, the one change we noticed with my wife is that when um, we got our first child, when I was, uh, we were both 25 then, um, and we were students, so the earnings-related money wasn't that big because we weren't earning much. Uh, but of course, for example, the child support, uh, the child allowance, under or so euros per month was a you know big bonus for us because we weren't earning much. We were only earning the the student money. Uh, because if your listeners don't know, uh, studying at the university in Finland is free uh, and you actually get money uh, for studying from the state. Um, but our uh, earnings-related child allowance wasn't that much, or, or the parent mon parenting money. Uh, but then with our second, second child, because my wife had been working, uh, and we were both working um, when we got our second child, and it was much bigger. So it was quite surprising for us to get like 2,000 euros per month um, uh, right off the bat uh, when our child was born. It was really nice. Yeah. So one of the... Th How does oh, that sound? How does that sound like uh, in the land of the free? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> it's a very I'm I'm writing a paper right now that basically brings in all those benefits into one program, and I'm hoping I can somehow get one of the 30 people who are going to run for president to uh, to adopt it. Uh, and, and with that many people running, the odds are pretty good, right? It's got to be some minor <laughs> bullshit candidate who will pick it up, and then and then I can. I'm, inject I'm not it sure into if the, the odds work that way, <laughs> but yeah. Um, actually, one of the things that, uh, about child allowance, uh, is that we've been, me and Jona have been writing about the universal basic income, right. uh, or the basic income experiment in Finland. Um, and a lot of that stuff is sort of beside the point. Um, and 
there's huge interest internationally for the Finnish basic income experiment. But me and Joanna both feel that, for example, the child allowance system in Finland would be much more interesting uh, and more applicable to other countries like the United States. Yeah, because basically it's a basic income uh, program that has been running for decades now in Finland and the results are excellent coupled with other benefit systems that we talked about. And every every child gets it. There's no means testing or anything. So I- it works great. And uh, I mean, of course, America should, uh, should uh, take something like this and implement yeah, the uh, I had a piece, uh, a post that I did uh, last week, I think, where I compared a child allowance, which I kind of call like basic income for children, to a basic income that goes to everyone and a basic income that only goes to adults. And at the current margin where the U.S. is, every dollar you spend on a child allowance gets you much bigger anti-poverty impact than if you were to take that same dollar and spread it out across the whole population or spread it out only on adults. So that's sort of, I I sort of am on the same page as you guys, at least in the U.S. context, that child allowance has to come first. It's the most effective margin to go through if you're interested in basic income. But you guys are in a somewhat different situation because you've already got child allowance, you've already got housing allowance, you've got unemployment allowance, and so there seems to be a push there to say, well, then at least in, in the left alliance and some other, um, some other parties that maybe basic income is the, the next frontier. How, what do you guys think about, about that? Aside from the fact that this experiment that they just did for the last two years was, was kind of a, I don't know, a stunt more than a genuine effort. Yeah, well, the the biggest prog- problem with the benefit system in, in Finland, especially with unemployment benefits, but some other benefits as well, is that it's it's highly bureaucratic and it's 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 very controlling of the unemployed. Um, uh, they they are very disrespected in the process. I mean, it 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 doesn't feel like it's it's human uh, at all, and um, everybody knows about that in in Finland. I mean, some things through Kela, the the social insurance uh, institution, some things are very widely uh, liked, and uh, I mean, they have full support from the Finnish population, like the child allowance and baby boxes and that sort of thing. But the unemployment benefit side is is um, is it it is quite harsh uh, in Finland, and uh, many people would want to see that change because it, it, it's such a it's uh, such a um, well, it's a harshism for the unemployed. And uh, basic income is one very worthy alternative, how to do that in a way that you don't have to subject people to um, these uh, terrible processes that they're now being subjected to. So do you do you guys push that in, in your, like... Uh you know some of the things you advocate or 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 do you think that that's should be lower down the list that you should be focusing on democratizing workplaces and that sort of thing like like if you had to prioritize where where do you guys tend to to push it well um the situation with the unemployed people uh in finland is seriously bad like um the long-term unemployment is is quite bad in finland uh, and it's partly because of the support system being so awful and so punishing. 
so people basically are marginalized uh, completely uh, because once you're in that sort of train uh, where you're co constantly, uh, you know, any money you earn uh, uh, will be redacted from all the uh, benefits you earn. And because the benefits are such a huge source of income for uh, the poor in Finland, uh, there's basically no point in going back to work anymore uh, or doing basically anything at all. Instead, you just fill those forms and, and uh, you know, jump those hoops month after month and year after m year. Um, and you don't have any chance, even if you, you know, have the chance to go to work or do something that kind of meaningful things. Um, it easily becomes that you just don't take it because there's a risk that your sort of uh, benefit system will, you know, will be completely derailed uh, so doing a clearance and doing simplification simplificating the benefit system is definitely a thing for Finland uh, and also lessening the power of bureaucrats it's it's actually interesting that in Finland the right wing is constantly talking about how bureaucratic the welfare state is uh, and how uh, how people are subjugated to you know bureaucracy of course, they talk about entrepreneurs and, and, and rich people in many of their examples. Uh, but it's actually the poor people in Finland who really have to suffer the bureaucracy of the welfare state. Yeah, and um, of course, um, basic income could be a, a huge help um, in solving this issue in Finland. Uh, but the thing is that uh, practically everywhere else in the world, uh, even a modest basic income uh, system would be uh, a huge improvement. But in Finland, because uh, some of the unemployment benefits are so high, they are earnings related for quite a long time. Um, for those people, uh, even a generous basic income would be a worse deal in Finland. So uh, in Finland, it's, it's more nuanced. But this is the thing that has been um, lacking in international reporting is that in Finland, uh, what, what we are researching about um, the basic income or what, what we should be researching is these things like how it fits into our whole welfare state system. Uh, but internationally, the thing that people want to know is, uh, does it work when you give money away for free? <laughs> yeah. And we have been doing that for decades right, now in Finland. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the whole reporting has been about a whole other thing that we have been doing for decades now. And now they're kind of waiting for the results, like what happens when you give away money? Um, we started doing that since like Second World War too. I mean. Right. So one other thing I wanted to talk about before we before we head out that I also think would be interesting to Americans. I, I tried to get Jacobin to write a piece on this and I don't know what happened to it, but I was trying to follow it as best I can. And that was the, the current government, which is a, which is a, a center right government, um, made efforts to, or they were going to pass a bill that was going to make it easier for small employers to fire workers. Um, and and then uh, it sort of watched this uh, unfold, and uh, it was uh, there was a big backlash, and they seemed to have walked it back entirely. So what what for 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 you guys? I assume you watched that pretty closely. Like, can you can you relay what happened there and how typical that is, and you know everything else? Yeah, well, well that would be a. The uh, situation with the unions in Finland would be, you know, it could be a subject for a whole another thing. 
uh, actually um, for for pretty there are a lot of instructive lessons to be learned about the failures of unions in Finland um, and part of them not unlike the problems or failures with unions in the United States um, but the thing is that unions still have <coughs> luckily quite considerable power in Finland um, but they really um, uh, they really suffered a hit, the unions, uh, with this, uh, what's called a competitiveness pact right. uh, here in Finland, uh, which the conservative government negotiated. And it was completely intent on the kind of reforms that, you know, push workers to do more without getting uh, any more pay. Right. Um, and this was a huge sort of um, shame for the unions that it got passed. Um, and they and that the unions couldn't stop that go- going through, uh, and it's been uh, something that the Finnish workers, you know, just ordinary people doing their work, uh, have resented right. a well, lot. So, so like to uh, to just yeah. to to flesh that out for the listeners, it was what f- maybe four or five years ago, the new government comes in, they say. Labor costs are too high. We're in a double-dip recession. We need to bring them down. There's this big back and forth on this competitiveness pact. The end result of it was people had to work more hours for the same or less pay. That brought labor costs down and hopefully would improve exports and get the economy going again and that sort of thing. Labor was very much against it, but they ultimately ate it and accepted it right right and so that's the that's like the context of the the unions took a huge blow and then the government tried to go a step further what a few months ago right yeah yeah the competitiveness pact was sort of like the first round of the boxing match and the second round flared a couple of months ago when the government uh, had this new law proposal which was about making firing uh, easier for small smaller firms and uh, there was this clause in this law proposal that um, in firms that have less than 10 workers in them, you could have like more lax rules of uh, how to fire workers. And uh, this was picked by the unions as this sort of like do not cross line, like this red line that now we are not going to let this uh, pass. And uh, there was like uh, quite prominent um, face off in, 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 in Finland between the... Uh, unions and the government um, many big unions uh, went went into strike for example the industrial union which is a pretty big and powerful union they declared three days of strikes in the paper industry which is still a pretty big export sector here in Finland and uh, also union for public service uh, service industry workers they stopped handing out food in kindergartens and schools which is free, by the way, to all, all kids in Finland. And uh, this was kind of a risky move by the unions because um, not giving food f- for free for kids, um, the right wing <laughs> used that as a... P- well, they used that as l- l- yeah. a lot 
like yeah. you're not giving like yeah, you're it's taking, evil it's, yeah, it's evil. evil the right wing right. wasn't full on this yeah. is evil and kids and should get free lunch at school <laughs> yeah but uh, anyways um it, it didn't backfire that badly i mean uh, there were there were polls about it and i think um well it divided finland into two camps basically but um the supporters of the right wing government um they were basically um in favor of 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 the government and their proposal and uh the left parties and center left parties and the greens and their supporters um they were they were against it so um but the end result was um was that uh the government they had to back off a bit uh, they didn't back off completely uh but they took off the clause that was the red line the 10 10 um employees clause and uh Maybe the bigger thing was that they promised that uh, it would get negotiated and discussed in the centralized uh, discussions where there were unions, uh, the, employ the employer side and the government. This is called triangular negotiation and that is how most of the wages used to be uh, negotiated in Finland. This is sort of a very exotic thing that has been happening in Finland. But that was the big thing for the union that they would be a part of the they would be taking part in the negotiations in the end. And uh well yeah the government backed off and it was a win for the unions. So there you have it. So if you're if you're well organized you can and one of the things I it is interesting that because in the US you're not allowed to strike for political reasons. Um, th th and I don't know how normal that is across the world or not, but it's very, I mean, you see it in France all the time, but I'm not sure if that's legal or not, but, uh, that, that, that's a very fascinating situation. And there, there were efforts. I remember when I was there in September and I debated, uh, Juha Vartanen, someone asked me in the audience, like, do you think that workers should be able to strike for political reasons? Do you think unions should have this power? Um, and I guess so. I guess that was a line that they were pushing. They were trying to say that it's not even yeah, it's not, democratically yeah. illegitimate for workers to have this yeah. uh, this ability. Yeah, <coughs> that's the main line of argumentation that the uh, more academically minded conservatives and right wingers um, have been talking about this. And uh, yeah, well, their their point is that it's um, bypassing the whole democratic structure. And well, the unions are are saying that. Um, well, the <laughs> the opposite side, private power, the employer side, uh, they have lots of power to do all sorts of political machinations. So uh, they should have that political right to strike. And uh, well, there have been some technical debates about it. Like, is it uh, constitutional and is it how like legitimate it is? But for now, it's it is um, it is okay to do political strikes in Finland. Yeah, and, and yeah, as a, my own personal political opinion, uh, I definitely think that unions should be doing more of that. For example, child yeah. poverty yeah. or pub <laughs> public services in, in, in Finland are such that, uh, you know, over 70% of, of, of the population and probably more uh, of the union membership think that those are the kind of issues that, that should be, you know, acted on like child poverty. Even in Finland, there is, you know, a uh, considerable number of uh, fam uh, families living in poverty. Um, and 
I think unions should be more active in, in, you know, using their power to further those goals because it's their members who have those political opinions and, and why not use it? Right. Yeah. They used to do this thing much, much more in, in past decades, but uh, recently the unions have been much more cautious, but now they have basically started to um, strike a bit after the conservative government um, started doing these harsh reforms. So this is basically uh, s- some sort of, um, I don't know, they're coming back a bit, the unions, but um, not not really radical in Finnish context. This was kind of a kind of a petty, petty uh, argument for this qua- kind of a small thing in in a law proposal, in my opinion. Yeah, but in U.S. It would be a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, I just can't even imagine. I guess we've had some teacher strikes. People will, will shade into that from time to time, uh, saying, oh, well, teachers shouldn't be able to do this. Uh, they're holding the public hostage and that sort of thing. But even then, the teachers strike for their own pay. They don't strike for political reasons, at least not formally. Um, so it would be a very novel very novel experience um actually i could think of one case which was the 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 longshoremen struck um to they struck like maybe 30 years or so so ago because they wanted to stop providing shipments to the soviet union that the soviet union would use against afghanistan because they were in that war with Afghanistan. It was a very kind of weird thing for an American union to, to be interested in, but they, they, they struck over that. Um, but the courts completely yeah, exactly. blew yeah. them up, and you know they, they got in a whole <laughs> shitload of trouble for it. So Yeah, but that's, that's very commendable, actually, to hear. Right, yeah. It's a, it's a weirdly, I mean, it, for the U.S., you know, an anti-imperial kind of, you know, anti-war move from 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 the unions uh, on that. Yeah, yeah. But if if the unions would have gotten to use their political power, Soviet Union would have failed already in the sixties. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the other thing is that um, I think for the United States. Uh, the kind of things we talk about uh, about Finland yeah, and the situations here and the politics uh, is that there's, you know, so much low-hanging fruit for United States to pick. I mean, seriously. Uh, talking about benefits or the power of the unions and, and uh, child allowance and so on. Uh, I think it's it's strange. It really is strange that United States lacks so much of the I also find it very strange and also I, very shitty. I always try to push that because because you have some, you know, on the left <laughs> in the U.S., you have some people who are like, we have these fresh, bold ideas. And, you know, you can quibble over how fresh or bold they are. But I'm always like, look, we don't need new ideas. We're so far behind. You just <laughs> grab the I just copy from other places. Yeah. And we, if we know that works, then that's a so much better approach um, in the in the short term until we catch up. And then we can start, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing for us because we're we're dealing with really you know long-term ideas. Sort of our main focus, uh, or, or our one of our focuses here in Pericon Finland is is to talk about you know democratic planning in the future and how you know a democratic economy could solve the problems of market economy, 
by changing the actual economic system into a you know new democratic economy. So these are really sort of far off utopian ideas, and they are really hard to you know think about and debate. And there's a lot of questions when it comes to those. But then it's really strange that things like child allowance are the stuff that people debate because there's it, it really feels like that's just something you do. There's not much to debate. Right. Right. Or or yeah, and, or people will write um you'll see all these articles in like the the Washington or the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times where they do they present it as like this fresh new idea whether it's child allowance or something like that as if it has never existed elsewhere in the world and like we're we're debating it anew and experts don't know will this work or will it not work um, yeah, yeah 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 and 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 then you know the curious thing is that the kind of you know basic income is sort of further along the road basic income is something that actually requires you to think about taxation a lot it requires you to think about uh, you know, uh, national ownership funds and all s sorts of quite complicated. There's actually debates to be had sure. there. Um, but, and there's a lot of debate, you know, that people are talking about universal basic income and it's an interesting idea. And, you know, people like Mark Zuckerberg are, are talking about it and so on. Uh, but child allowance, why aren't they talking about that? Because that's just, you know, you know, there's so much facts to go for it. Yeah, there is there is one strange thing that I've I've noticed is that um, um, people in in the U.S. and in the U.K. Um, they usually talk about that. Uh, well, it's good for us Finnish to talk about those things that they work here because we have our own exotic context here, and that's that's why they work here. But you cannot just take something from here and just transfer that to the U.S. and that would work. Like it's it's so. Yeah, that's what they say. They, yeah, they're, oh, the, well, the, the, the Scandinavians are special. They're like Tolkien elves, you know. They're more sophisticated yeah. than us and more self-denying. Yeah, well, my help. Yeah, here, yeah, I am an elf, so, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, um, but the thing is that in many other things, uh, when talking about economics, um, people don't really, t uh, the economists don't really talk about context. I mean, basically uh, when they're talking about minimum wage or, or labor unions or, or wealth inequality or whatever um, basically the same sort of um, things things that they talk dynamics they talk about that uh, are happening in the US or UK um, they just transfer those directly to Finland or vice versa for some reason it's only about these benefit structures that are very contextual yeah. for some reason well so I, I would be uh I would be negligent not to finish the, the, the podcast with the question about um, whether or not it is true, as has uh, been uh, said by our president, Mr. Trump, that in Finland, you guys rake the forests. Yeah. How often are you on forest raking duty? Every every morning. Every morning. Oh, right. sort of I a, mean, it's a the morning mean, ritual. They come down every yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listen to your president, you people of the United States. You know, your president gets things right. Breaking is what we do here. It keeps you healthy. Yeah. It um, keeps I, you vigorous. I really don't understand where that came from. <laughs> I mean, that was that was. Uh, Trump is Trump is friend of the elves. <laughs> <laughs> well, he that said. Um, he said. Uh, that was very strange. That know. was, and it's. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those curious things. Um, 
again, of course, we in Finland, we're happy to be in the spotlight of the earth. Yeah. Um, happy to be in, in the discussion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw um, your, it, uh, it's the, the public broadcaster on their English language uh, uh, website said... Uh, <laughs> Trump praises Finland's forest uh, <laughs> forest uh, maintenance. So there you go. You guys were really I mean, basking it, it in it. It felt really good. If, if Trump it felt good. Yeah, if, if, if Trump <laughs> praises us, you know that can't be bad. <laughs> you know, one thing that I've always uh, um, I, I happen to I happen to know a couple of Trump supporters here in Finland. <laughs> really, they were very. They had c- quite conflicted uh, <laughs> opinions about that because they think so highly of him. <laughs> And how can see how can he say something that is not quite correct? <laughs> about I like Finland. the idea of like a Finnish <laughs> yeah. neo-Nazi being like, "Oh, I like Trump so much, but this is just wrong. We don't rake the forest." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's, basically, it's, that's basically it. Yeah, and I think we're gonna continue this on family dinners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it was strange. You know, uh, if you want to have your forests in good condition, you spend public money to keep the forests in good condition. And that's, that's that. What, that's <laughs> what we have been doing a lot. We have lots of state-owned forests and like co-ops that are uh, doing those things and uh, s- state-owned these uh, institutions that are taking care of them and making sure that everyone takes good care of them. So we have a bit more rainfall than California, though, as well. And a little helps. bit more of a snow f- <laughs> yeah. snow melt, I think. A regular snow melt yeah. probably keeps yeah. the ground from being totally yeah. brittle and dry. Sometimes yeah, California I, I've has never been to California, drought, no so I don't know <laughs> how it is. But yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this was great. Uh, thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you so much. Uh, keep us apprised of the developments in Finland. So hey, we can if you if you get an extra baby box, like they just accidentally <laughs> send you one. <laughs> They're kind of heavy. I yeah. feel like they'd actually be quite expensive to ship. Just yeah, and if we yeah, if we get a third child, then you know we can all <laughs> let box. us bid first. We'll see you on eBay. All right, <laughs> talk soon. Thank you so Thanks. much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Much. and great. Thank you for your work in the United States. It's great. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.